friends, welcome back to my podcast. My name is Thistle, and this is Thistle in the Weeds. Okay, so for today's episode... I had everything planned out. Everything was going very swimmingly. I had decided we were going to talk about another cryptid because it's still close to Halloween, even though Halloween is technically over. Like, we're still within a week of it, right? So, I don't know. I thought we were going to talk about a cryptid. And then I started doing my research on this cryptid. And I'm not going to tell you what cryptid it was because we are still going to talk about it because... There's some stuff. There are books. And it was, there's a movie. There's a couple of movies. And it's not Bigfoot. So I'm, I'm very excited. But in doing my research for that cryptid, I ended up stumbling into a rabbit hole on Reddit. As you do. Essentially, I ended up on a thread about unexplained phenomenon. And I have a bit of a hard time because a lot, a lot, I mean, an overwhelming percentage of what people talked about on this thread were like, oh, my uncle got in a boat and he went out into the ocean and they never saw him again. Or this lady dropped off her kids at daycare and she was never seen again. Like, I've seen enough true crime to be like, that lady got murdered. That's what happened. Like, she's just, you haven't found her body yet. And to me, like, those are unexplained and they're terrible, but they're not phenomenon, if that makes sense. Like, a phenomenon to me is, like, you're out in the middle of a cornfield, there's no city around for, like, 100 miles, and all of a sudden there's just, like, bright lights on you from the sky, and then it takes off in another direction, and you're like, what the fuck was that? That was phenomenal. That, to me, is a phenomenon. Like, it's... It, phenomenon kind of carry with it this idea of being unexplained in the first place anyway I digress I stumbled across this one person that asked the group if they had ever experienced something called jamais vu and I've heard of deja vu but I've never heard of jamais vu so I went and looked it up thinking like it's got to be related somehow right so jamais vu and this is directly from the wikipedia page means in french because obviously it's french means never seen and it is the phenomenon of experiencing a situation that one recognizes in some fashion but that nonetheless seems novel and unfamiliar so essentially Jamais vu is the opposite of déjà vu. For me, déjà vu is like the sensation. I mean, the definition of déjà vu is like having the sensation that something has happened to you before. Something that you're experiencing in the moment, in the present, has already happened to you before. And for me, experiencing that, and I'm sure that this is probably similar for a lot of people, but for me, the experience of deja vu is like a sequence of events that happen in exactly the same order. And I feel like I'm experiencing it as a memory rather than 
present or like something happens that I'm like, oh, I remember this already. Like I remember that this happened already. And, you know, it's not just, you know, like, oh, that guy looks familiar. or Oh, this place looks familiar. It really has everything to do with the fact that it's a sequence of events. Like it's a few moments in time that are strung together that I'm like, yeah, that this, this moment, even me telling you that I, that this is, that I have the feeling of deja vu sometimes is a part of it. But jamais vu is the opposite of that. So it really is like you see someone's face or you're in a room and it doesn't look familiar to you even though it should or even though that person should. Sometimes jamais vu can be associated with certain other like symptoms that you're experiencing like aphasia, amnesia, epilepsy, which like kind of makes sense. But the fact that you can experience this just like as a normal person. The thing about it for me is that I hadn't really noticed it all that much like earlier in life, but I've definitely started noticing that this has happened to me a couple of times. And so when I started reading about Jamevu, I was like, oh my God, this explains some things. Here, I thought I was going insane, you know? And like, it's a very similar thing where I, you know, I'm, I live in a house that I have lived in since 2000. So 23 years. So I had moved to a couple of other places for university and things like that. But like, my home address was always this house. This was my mother's house. When she passed, it became my house. So I've been in this house for 23 years. And there have been the random occasion where, and I'm not saying that this happens all that frequently, but I can remember very specifically a time where I walked out into the living room and I was like, where the fuck am I? Like, why is this happening? Why am I losing my mind? Like, what is happening? And I seriously, like, I have this absolute fear. And it probably doesn't need to be a legitimate fear. I'm I'm a bit of a hypochondriac. I, I worry about everything. I have anxiety. In addition to everything else that makes me a bit neurospicy. Um, but I have worried a lot about like, am I going insane? Am I losing my mind? And it's not a common thing in my family. Like there aren't, my great grandmother, I think had Alzheimer's, but I'm not sure. I don't really remember her all that much. I think I was, gosh, I want to say I was like three or four when she died. So no real strong memories of her. Like I have these like faint, weird impressions of like, there was a lady one time who lived in that house across from grandma for a for a time and I know I was related to her <laughs> I mean I, I knew she was my great-grandmother but uh I don't know for sure and I I've never really had the motivation to ask I suppose but like my grandmother is pretty with it my mom was with it until she started dealing with cancer treatments and I really feel like it was the treatments that kind of made her a bit loopy the medications that she was on that made her a bit loopy um, rather than her mind going. But um, <laughs> I will say 
my my mom and her two brothers have insisted numerous times that my grandmother is losing her mind and i i have a bit of a an issue with that and i had this situation happen with my dad as well where my dad was saying oh i think my dad my grandfather thistle's grandfather i think he's losing it and i'm like well i think you're just too close to the situation like i think you're noticing a change that feels exaggerated to you because you're too close to the epicenter and what i mean by that and i will use my mom for an example my mom was born when my grandmother was 25 and then i was born when my mother was 25 so there's 25 years difference between all of us, grandma, mom, and me. So when I met my grandmother for the very first time when I was an infant, she was already 50. So by the time I have like real solid memories of my grandmother, she's into her 50s and approaching 60. So I know grandma as a grandma figure. I know her as a person who was in her 60s who was a little forgetful sometimes because when you're 60, not everything sticks, right? I'm 38 and not everything sticks. But for her children, like I said, she was only 25 when my mom was born. So my mom's earliest memories of my grandmother were, you know, she was in her 30s. She was with it. She was spry. She was, you know, all that and a bag of chips back then. So the difference that my mom is seeing, I feel like she was comparing a woman that she knew who was in her prime with a person who is now far from her prime, right? My, my mother or my grandmother at this time, right now, present day, at the time of this recording, is 88 years old, about to be 89 in December. She's not going to be with it the way that she was when she was 30 she's just not and that's okay because she's old you know I hope that when I get to be you know 88 years old people are a little forgiving of my forgetfulness because that's what happens when you get old but I don't recognize it quite as much as my mother would so like the difference between my grandmother in her 60s and in her 80s is really not a lot. Like I don't really notice. I mean, she's forgotten maybe a few other things. She's gotten a bit grayer. She stopped dyeing her hair, which is great. But like I, she's still grandma. Like I don't notice a huge change. And again, all of that to say like my grandmother, even at nearly 89, is still with it. She's still driving and surprisingly I actually trust her to do that she's a very good driver I've ridden with her recently she's a very good driver like I I don't think she needs to have her license taken away she's very responsible she's I mean she's with it she's not as with it as in her 30s but she's still with it she's still okay she's doing all right um and her husband and her daughter have both died like <laughs> she's a strong ass fucking lady um, but yeah, all of that to say that I don't really feel like my fears of losing my mind are all that warranted because there isn't really anything that predisposes me, I suppose, to that kind of situation. But when my stepmother got brain cancer, she also, she started to show signs of 
like Alzheimer's. She had aphasia, which I mentioned earlier in this episode. Aphasia, if you're not familiar, is basically not being able to put your thoughts to words. So you might be thinking of a sentence that you want to say and all of the words are there and together and it makes sense. But when it comes out of your mouth, there's like a disconnect between your brain and your mouth and the words just kind of come out jumbled. And there were quite a few times that we had a good chuckle. Um, Even my stepmom had a good chuckle about something that she said because it just clearly wasn't the right thing to say. Um, their dog's name, my, my dad and my stepmom's dog's name was Emma. And at one point my stepmom called her stone pig because it was just that that's what came out. And, you know, we all thought it was very funny and she thought it was funny too. Like she was just, I mean, she, she was very, at least, um, able to kind of laugh at herself because there really isn't much else you can do in those kind of situations. But for me watching her, go through that situation I have since had a very terrible fear of like what if I end up getting a brain tumor and I'm not there anymore like I'm not myself anymore I don't I don't want to be in that situation so the fact that there was an explanation jamais vu for these experiences that I've had before where I you know walk into a room and suddenly I'm like where the fuck am I not just and, and it's not even that forgetfulness like I walked into the room and I'm like why am I here because I know that happens I know that happens to a lot of people and I'm not as worried about something like that because for me all I need to do is like backtrack and eventually I'll get to the spot where I was when I first thought oh I need to go get that thing out of the living room and then I'll go oh yeah I went into the living room to find my phone for me, it's definitely more about the, like, I walk into the living room and I don't know where I am. That freaks me out. That I was incredibly afraid, like I'm losing my mind. So I was very happy to discover that it's kind of a natural, normal phenomenon, unexplained a bit. Um, and there was a study that was done that I I was also very kind of it it seems how do I want to say this there's a study in the Wikipedia page also that illustrates the effect of jamais vu and you can actually do it to yourself so the study was done with uh, 92 volunteers at the Leeds University and these volunteers were asked to write out the word door 30 times in 60 seconds And by the end of the study, 68% of the volunteers showed symptoms of jamais vu, such as beginning to doubt that door was a real word. Now, I want to make it clear that jamais vu is a little bit different. So jamais vu was definitely, it's more about seeing the word and especially like in a repeated fashion and then believing like this isn't really a word like clearly I've spelled this wrong or something there's another phenomenon that happens sometimes where you say a word so many times that it begins to lose all meaning like it's not the same word anymore and that is actually known as semantic satiation those are different things 
just to make that clear. And I, I kind of had to <laughs> learn about that myself. So um, I thought that was really interesting. There's also a third phenomenon that kind of gets looped together with this déjà vu, jamais vu, and, and that is presque vu, which is like on the tip of your tongue or almost seen. And so that's kind of like, I know the word, it's right there, I just can't get it out kind of thing. So those three are kind of uh, not necessarily the same thing, obviously, um, but they're all kind of versions of phenomena that people experience that are kind of unexplained and not necessarily related to anything like normal, happy, healthy people can experience these things. And like I said, I've, I've definitely experienced deja vu hundreds of times in my life, I'm sure. Um, and presque vu for sure. Um, Jamais vu is a new one for me, and I was really elated <laughs> that it's like, you know, this is kind of normal, so don't be too freaked out that, you know, you're losing your mind or something. So, jamais vu. So let me know if you've ever experienced jamais vu ever. And, like, because I've been talking about this, like, all day I've been reading about jamais vu and saying jamais vu to myself like I have the ABBA song voulez-vous stuck in my head <laughs> voulez-vous uh-huh it's such a good song if you don't like ABBA leave the channel now I'm just telling you that now anyway <laughs> I think that's gonna be about it um perhaps one of my shorter episodes but you know there's there's a long one coming up I promise um, I, I really want to talk about Chernobyl and I'm already anticipating that that is going to be a two-parter simply because I was asked to be a guest on another podcast, um, that my cousin does and it was called, uh, Kyle and Courtney have questions if you're interested um, Courtney and her friend Kyle basically just like talk about things that they're interested in. I suppose similar to this podcast, although this one's more just about like the the path that my brain takes sometimes. But I was asked to come and talk about Chernobyl because I'm obsessed. And I did not get through everything that I wanted to talk about during that podcast. I mean, they were asking me questions and stuff, which was super great. But it definitely meant that I didn't get through everything. So I'm already anticipating probably a two-parter with Chernobyl. And I do promise the prequel episode is coming. <laughs> I know everybody is like super impatient. They're like, where is that fucking prequel episode? I have it. Like she's been talking about it since the outset. Where is that episode? Listen, I have to watch the prequels over again and I have to do some research. Sometimes there are things that I want to talk about that are like right there. I just need to do a little bit more research because I want to know that what I'm talking about is the honest to God truth. I don't want to get on here and be like, the reason that they had to include this stupid scene where Anakin and I almost said Leia. Oh, see, this is why I need to do the research. Oh, this is why Anakin did not have sexual relations with his daughter. I promise you that. Um, but uh, Annika and Annika, 
Oh my God. I'm just done. We're done. We're stopping here. It's two, it's 11 o'clock at night. It is clearly too late for me to be recording a podcast. I had meant to record this earlier in the day because I was thinking about it and I had a lot of really good things to say. And instead, it's trick-or-treat night in my area because my area does trick-or-treat on a different night than Halloween because it, quote, keeps kids off drugs. Balls. <laughs> it just clears them up to do drugs on Halloween. They've got no other plans. They don't need to go out trick-or-treating. You know, those six-year-olds and their crack pipes, it's like crack to them um or candy <laughs> it's like candy to them anyway i'm done we're stopping here um so thank you so much for uh tuning back in um again if you have any comments questions concerns you're free to email me at artbythistle at gmail.com i did find out that you can also comment um if you're listening to this through spotify i believe you can comment um directly on the episode so you can do that you can also find me on coffee k-o-f-i um, my address there is ko-fi.com slash art by thistle just be aware that there's a lot of stuff there like all of my art stuff is is there um i haven't had the coffee very long so there isn't a lot to get through but you're welcome to follow me there if you feel like giving me a tip or, quote, buying me a coffee, which is how the website got set up. You're welcome to do that. Please know you're not obligated to give me any money. Um, but I've made it kind of a, uh, a rule in my mind that I was never going to monetize any sort of podcasts that I have. I really just want them to be entertainment. I don't want yeah, I just don't ever really want to have to monetize the podcast or put commercials like in the podcast if it happens like at either end because that's how it works, then I guess whatever. So um, if you would like to, you know, send me a dollar or something like that to, to help keep the lights on, that's cool. I mean, I do have a job, so it's not like I'm struggling for money. Do what you think is best. I'm sorry I'm rambling. So anyway, uh, thank you so much for stopping by. Be nice to each other. Don't be a dick. Bye.